Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 42 of Big League Flicks, a sports movie podcast. I'm Jamie McKinman, and as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Christian Webster and Jordan Reed. How are we doing, boys? Doing well, boys. How are we doing tonight, JR? Things are good over here. Episode Jackie Robinson, let's call it. I know. I thought I, I thought about it after when I was watching. I'm like, oh, we missed the boat on watching 42 mm-hmm. for episode bah, whatever, you know. We'll watch it. It soon. is what it is. We need to get in touch with our softer sides. Yeah. No, all's good over here, boys. Cool, calm, collected tonight. You are. I am. This movie, I think, uh, really brought out your soft side, Web. It did. Really sensitive side of you. Yeah. The Bruce Springsteen music it did. is really... Uh, Her did. Secret Garden. Yeah, there you go. I'm sure you'll talk about that later. A little bit. <laughs> well, if you haven't caught a few of those hints already, uh, tonight we're doing... We're, Web, Web and I are talking about this today. It's a bit of a fringe movie in the sense that... <laughs> Not a sports movie. Yeah. I still... Well, I think it's a sports movie because it's a sports industry. We're just a different aspect of it. Tonight we're doing Jerry Maguire. Mr. McGuire, this is his fourth concussion. Hey, hey, it would take a tank to stop your dad. Fuck you. I began writing what they call a mission statement, not a memo, a mission statement. The answer was fewer clients, less money. How long did you give him? About a week. Came here to fire you, Jerry. Now I want all my clients and yours too. Whatever. I like you, Jerry. I will stay with you. I will go with you. You are a single mother. You have given up the right to be frivolous. You will have a medical program. Oh, sure, yes, medical. I'm pregnant and I'm incapable of bullshit. Wow. You gonna show me the money. If you had read what he wrote, you would have left with him, too. This guy would go home with a gardening tool right now if it showed interest. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. Are you a football player? Put Jerry Maguire on the phone! I had two slices of bad pizza, went to bed, and grew a conscience. <laughs> well, boo fucking who? You've called our house, right? I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you guys. Jerry! Whoa. I love him. Hi, Jerry. You're telling me to dance. When they call you shrimp, I'm the one who defends you. I want to be friends with them. What did I do? Tell? No, I air dry. Congratulations, you're still my agent. Well, you know the drill. Before we jump into the movie, we're going to crack the top on a couple of ice cold beers. We got an interesting one tonight, so without further ado, let's get into our brew review. What are we drinking tonight, Webb? Well, boys, it would be totally realistic to say that Jerry Maguire was a game changer in terms of the uh, way sports agents were handling their clients. Yeah, fair to say that? Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Awesome. So this week, we had to go with a real game changer ourselves and uh, give a shout out to our friends at MVP Brewing Company. So MVP beer is a real game changer. This crisp, filtered, and delicious premium lager will make you feel like a real MVP. This easy drinking lager goes down even smoother, knowing a kickback of 5% from all sales go towards community kids' sports organizations. Enjoy MVP premium lager with the team while reminiscing over the most valuable player moments or with friends while watching the big game. 
For more information on their beer, their kickback program, as well as where you can find their beer here in Ontario, be sure to check them out at mvpbrewing.ca or give them a follow on Facebook and on Instagram by following at MVP underscore brewing. And as always, Big Luke Flicks reminds you to please enjoy responsibly and always ensure you've arranged a safe ride home. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Two sips, you know the deal. That's right. Why don't you kick us off here, JR? Oh, that's good. That's a very good beer. It's a very nice crisp lager, ice cold. And I think it's a pretty cool company and the things they do. So it sounds like a really cool thing. Webb, I know you were talking to the representatives from MVP Brewing. And it sounds like they do a lot of neat things in the community. So again, I like a beer under 5%. It hits that. I like lagers. It hits that. Very neat can. Neat, uh, kind of a neat... A functional uh, can. Very functional can. It's got a little uh, keyhole port there. Or we were talking about our favorite implement to use to shotgun. Yeah. Before we started, corkscrews, flathead screwdrivers, keys, you I'm name a, it. I'm a key guy. I used a flathead screwdriver. Yep. Well, I used the corkscrew the last time I had shotgun <laughs> beer. It's been a while. I but feel like you could probably just do uh, just about anything any at this sort point. Any sharp yeah. implement. Yeah. Teeth. Yeah, it's very great beer. It. Great cause. Very cool. Yeah. Like I said, they're, they're one of those uh, companies that really puts an emphasis on being uh, philanthropic and trying to give back to the community. And I was... Uh, fortunate enough to chat back and forth with them on Instagram today. Uh, and yeah, they're really, really cool. 5% of all the sales uh, make from their product goes towards uh, helping out local kids, sports organizations. So be sure to check them out. Uh, give them a follow. And if you get the opportunity to uh, to uh, purchase their product, go for it. Um, you can find uh, where they uh, sell all their beers uh, across Ontario anyways, and in uh, different events that they're uh, going to be at and hosting uh, by checking out their website. So go ahead and uh, do that. They're awesome. Hey, Web uh, listeners in Kingston, Ontario, is Division Street Beer Store. Yeah, Dalton. Dalton, Dalton sorry, Avenue. Hit Dalton, it up. Yeah. yeah hit it up. Me. It's a very, very smooth. It's good. It's good crisp beer. It's I really like good. One. I actually yeah. really enjoy it. Yeah. I love the the art on the on the can. You get the silhouettes of the athletes. There's that Ross Rebagliati on the on the uh, <laughs> snowboard there. You know it has to be or Mark McMorris. Oh, Mark McMorris. He's really could cool. Be. He's he is stud. very cool. Yeah, he's good. Very very cool. Uh, very good. It so, looks like Webb's golf swing there too. Uh, a couple. <laughs> <of them. laughs> so as we mentioned this week, we're doing Jerry Maguire, which was directed by Cameron Crowe, uh, written by Cameron Crowe as well. Distributed in 1996 by Sony Pictures, I got a 7.3 rating on Internet Movie Database and 84% on Rotten Tomatoes. Had a budget of 50 million and grossed a whopping 273.6 million at the box wow. office. Just a huge payday. Uh, music by Nancy Wilson, starring Tom Cruise, Renee Zellweger, Cuba Gooding Jr., Kelly Preston, and Bonnie Hunt. Quick movie synopsis: Jerry Maguire has it all. He's a successful sports agent, well-respected, and has a beautiful fiance. After having a moral epiphany, McGuire creates a mission statement to try to change the culture of the unscrupulous uh, sports agent agency business. His views are met with resistance, and he experiences a minor meltdown after being fired. McGuire sets out with one remaining volatile client and starts his own agency amid a quest to regain success while staying true to his newfound ethical lease on life. Let's jump into our character review, and let's start out with uh, Jerry Maguire, played by our boy Tom Cruise. All right, so Jerry Maguire, as we know, in the mid-90s, incredibly, incredibly popular movie. There's no doubt. That was one of those things I remember growing up in Charlottetown. I remember a lot of adults going to just watch Jerry Maguire on date nights. I remember that. It 
definitely the character of Jerry Maguire opened our eyes to the sports agent world. I knew nothing about it before. So that character did a lot to get us into the mindset of what goes on behind all these scenes and all these things where he says, hey, this is me. And he's that half face you see with the athlete holding the big Drew Bledsoe. Yeah, Yeah. Drew Bledsoe. That's right. So there were a lot of neat things about that um, that gave us an avenue to look at that. Now, at the same time, I don't like Jerry Maguire. I can't stand Jerry Maguire. I don't like him in the movie. I find his character... A cliche, how it's the guy who realizes that, oh, all of a sudden I'm going to become a good guy after being a complete clown and kind of like a jerk for so long. Um, he, The idea of being incredibly fake and his ability to lack intimacy, I just don't like this character. I never liked him in the movie at any point. Tom Cruise has lots of good Tom Cruise snap shows and he sprints and runs. There's lots of Tom Cruise-isms, if you will, in here. Where he has this big moment to pay attention to me. I, f- I found Tom Cruise annoying in this role. I didn't like him. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, Jerry Maguire, the character, opened us up to the idea of the big dollars, the high-flying, the... Scott Boris. Yeah, the sexy lifestyle, I'm going to say. Yeah, it did with that, you know, the old technology. But at the time, that was tech- that was awesome technology. The laptop, cell phones, things like that. But I could not stand the character of Jerry Maguire the whole time. When I rewatched this... Yesterday I watched it. I, I it was awful for me. I'm not gonna lie. Hmm. Web. Wow. Not it wasn't expecting you to go there. <laughs> uh, I was trying to think about this. Like this might be, I'll say the softest role Tom Cruise has ever done. That fair to say? Um, what was that movie Vanilla Sky that he was in? Oh, yeah, yeah, but that's a weird, it's a weird it, movie. That's a. I feel like this would be his. You know, rom-com's not the right term for this movie, but like romantic movie, like cocktail. He's pretty soft. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, he has his edge in it, definitely. But, it, but, but cocktail's also like a way cooler idea and way yeah. cooler. It's a better movie. Yeah, way better movie. But like yeah, Gina Gershon. I feel like oh, yeah. this is. I feel like this is the first kind of maybe role you ever see Tom Cruise kind of taking on this kind of character, like a more romantic type of character, mm-hmm. unraveled unraveled sure i feel like he in most of his movies he's got his shit mostly together i mean cocktail he has he kind of gets schooled yeah but he's got he ends up getting his shit together i feel like in this movie he's always hanging on by a thread and he's a not i don't i don't want to say underdog because he was on top of the business but he was he was just he he was a mess he was a mess in this movie and i don't think he's been that big he just looks lost the entire movie like he's always rain man he's kind of a mess but yeah, this is a different he's mess. in control. This is a lack of direction mess. That's what Complete I mean. Like he's always look and he's always looking for someone else to set the direction. Yeah, because he lacks intimacy. Yeah. Yeah. He can be friends with everybody. But yeah. he can't be intimate with anybody. That being said, <laughs> is it any surprise that when he has his inspirational come to Jesus moment, he's wearing a Notre Dame t shirt? Just putting that out there. <laughs> he's got some legit. <laughs> when he wrote when he wrote his mission statement, he was wearing a Notre Dame t shirt. <laughs> he's got a sick uh he wears it a couple times and it's a uh Sonics versus oh, yeah. Suns with the Sean yep. Kemp and Barkley. Barkley. Yep. Yeah. It's a sick t shirt. There's sick some sweet t- style in this movie. Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, in terms of, I'm not a huge Tom Cruise fan in this movie either. I mean, the character, I should say, I just, I found him, there's not a whole lot to really like about him, to be quite honest. Uh, I, I like the fact that, uh, I guess he's good with Ray. That's about my, my yeah, he was. the only thing I really like about him. And I, 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 sh- I shouldn't say that. He's also pretty good with Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character, for uh, for lack of a better term. He, he, he tends to 
give him the kick in the ass when he needs, but also kind of gives him a, a soft hug he when he needs be. it. He's too. all he's got. I know, but he does it. I, I think he, it's genuine. I like. I felt. I believed it. So I don't know. I guess I kind of liked the, the character in in that respect. But yeah, in terms of his overall just looking for somebody else to kind of do the dirty work and, and figure it out all the time. I wasn't a huge fan of him that way. If Jerry Maguire's car broke down, would you pick him up? Nope. <laughs> In a snowstorm? Nope. I agree with both of you guys. I, I don't like him generally as a person. I think he has some good qualities. Uh, he's also a borderline, like, sex... Like, not not even borderline. He's he's a, like he's committing like sexual assault, sexual harassment. I know it was different times of that era, but still, like he he uses his power dynamic in the in the very beginning. I know he's in a vulnerable state, but he uses his power dynamic on Rene Zellweger, and I'm not trying to get too much on that side of it. But that creepy scene on the porch where he's like taking her blouse off on the porch and like. Mm-hmm. doing some weird shit and the look on her face she's clearly uncomfortable then but then she has this moment where it's like this is the guy you've liked so a very very troublesome scene for me i was cringing during that entire I question scene. her mental stability ability she's, quite a bit. Mm-hmm. well she's like classic um single mom that we don't i, we, I think her ex might have died but he was a dick to her or something yeah. is what i gathered yeah uh, so she's definitely got some trauma slash whatever, and she's in a vulnerable state. And she's only twenty six. She's only twenty six, and true. she's trying to raise this child. And she's, you know, it, there was just so many aspects in the dynamic of that relationship, and the way he kind of forced a few things, and then he rushed a few things, and it was just, yeah, uh, I didn't buy that. She was, she kind of have had this. I don't know. I think she. She thought he was hot, and he was her boss, and there was something that she liked about him. But and he, I think he just kind of took. She felt. She it. fell for it. She fell for the fact that he looks like he has his life together. Yeah. No, it's I true. I agree. He was a he was a problematic character for me, but well, well acted. I thought Tom Cruise did it a phenomenal yep. job in the role. Let's move on to Dorothy Boyd, played by Renee Zellweger. So some of the things we just touched on on her, um, I also thought she was a little bit cliche in this role too. Where she's the at-risk, quote-unquote, single parent who is looking to try to, you know, find her way as well. And she was just kind of another face at the big firm. She was just another cubicle corner. Whereas here, she had a chance to kind of be somebody, I guess I would say. And I did find as the movie went on with her, she kind of grew as a person. And she did get some more confidence. Yeah. One case in point where I'm like, you're lacking confidence here. When she said, they're at the airport, I believe. And she said, you know, you don't want to come to me with Manhattan Beach. I was like, "Uh, I would. I've been to Manhattan Beach, California. It's not the worst place to go hang out. (laughs) It's a nice place. So there were things that I liked about her. Um, Renee Renee Zellweger. Back then, I, I liked her as an it's actress. It's breakout role, isn't it? Was. I think so. I liked her. I thought she'd acted it well. Um, she played a very good, like, I'm going to call it like a girl next door kind of thing, or like that look she had. Um, she did a really good job of holding her role, and I liked her in that role, to be honest. I thought she did a good job. Her character, yeah, I could you could kind of spot that arc from a mile away. So take her for what it is. You can tell in the first two I wasn't overly webbed that into the two characters but i thought zellweger did a good job she did a great job i don't really know if there's much i can really add on her character i feel i felt like 
you know, we were talking about that scene on the porch, right? She's supposed to be making her kid the priority. And I'm like, your kid is literally in the next room. Like, what are you doing? You're basically getting stripped naked here on the porch. And you're on the porch. And, and like, and then you got this creepy guy that's all into jazz, like babysitting your kid. And like, I, probably going through your underwear drawer and you're not there. Yeah. Like sniffing yeah. panties like crazy. Like, who knows? Uh, I don't know. It was like super, super weird. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't get that relationship like he's, either. He's, he's going to kill her at some point in her life. Right? He that, may, that's pretty clear. Yeah, he it? may uh, wear he may wear her as a t shirt. Like <laughs> okay. he looks like that kind of guy. Yeah, with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. <laughs> that's right. Puts the lotion in the basket. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It. I just. I didn't find there was a lot of cliche about her. There was a lot of just stupidity about her she just looked like she was looking for a life raft all the oh, time yeah. she's dead I, I don't know jim i i don't, I don't know what no, else you to nailed say it there. you guys nailed it uh, i have nothing to add there let's move on to rod tidwell played by our old good our old friend i shouldn't say good friend our old friend cuba gooding jr your the podcast your, your friend not mine friend of the podcast <laughs> friend of the podcast friend yeah. of the podcast earl's kitchen in toronto um yeah, before we get into that character, let's just tell a quick story. So, uh, the three of us, we always uh, have a ritual every year where and it's kind of been thrown off by COVID this year, obviously, and last year. But we always try to get out to the first series, home series, and go to a Jays game. And uh, what was it, like five, four or five years ago now? Yeah, opening weekend, I want to say 2017. Yeah, it, was when, it was the same night where the Raptors played a playoff game. The Leafs had a playoff game. And the Jays were Jays in their home. And TFC played. It was like sports day in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Toronto was buzzing. It was buzzing. And we were at Earl's. In the Toronto. Leafs lost, did they not? They won in overtime. They oh, beat Washington. Yeah. We were, and the Raps won too, I think. Dick. The Raps did win. Yeah, they um, did. Yeah, so we, we went to the game. We were, we were, we had a pretty good glow on at this point. We were at Earl's. And we just said, we had a perfect spot at Earl's too. One of the mm-hmm. tables on the, just to the, when you come into the left of the bar. And we look over and I remember going, I think that guy sitting at the bar looks, he looks like Cuba. I think that's Cuba Gooding Jr. And you guys are like, really? And we looked over. Sure enough, it was him. And he was sitting by himself having a steak. And then uh, he was having a few <clears> drinks and we were sitting there. And then time went by, an hour or so went by. And then out of nowhere, he just kind of stumbles over. People were going up and getting pictures with him. He was in good mood. He was great with the fans and stuff. And out of nowhere, he, he had a few drinks, and he stumbled over. We had an extra seat at our table, and he, the Leafs game was just starting. And he said, are you guys hockey fans? We said, yeah. And he says, do you mind if I sit with you? And so he sat down with us, and he, he was probably at our table for about two hours at least. He watched the whole he, game. He whole watched game. the whole game with us, yeah. He sat at our table, and people were coming over and getting selfies with him. And the longer he was there, the drunker he got. And we saw every side of QB Gooding Jr. you can imagine. Too many sides. Way too many sides. There's a lot of stories we can't say on a podcast like this, but he was a, he went from being like super nice, fun guy to just a complete mess. And all that stuff that you see in the newspaper, you're like, yeah, think, uh, <laughs> think Kucherov, uh, in the Stanley cup parade there, uh, listeners. And, uh, you'll, uh, You'll, you'll get the uh, the gist. JR, you'll have to send the picture you had with him, and uh, we'll put it on our social media. It was yeah, pretty funny. Yeah, I still have the selfie with him. Uh, I think it was 2017. I feel like it was 2017. 2016, 2017, it yeah. sounds He was a big lemon familiar. drop guy. He was ordering lemon drops oh. hand over fist. And eventually, I remember the waitress who had had enough of him came over and said, guys, just so you know, you're, we're, I'm giving you actual lemon drops, and we're giving him lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> no, bar lime. Bar lime. Bar, bar lime. lime. Yeah. 
Yeah, he was a yeah he was a sideshow by the end of the night. But anyway, let's jump into Rod Tidwell. Rod, um, I loved I loved Rod Tidwell in this car- in this role. I did actually really like him. To me, he was the prima donna wideout that I needed, and that needs to be represented by an agent. And wants the big three. He wants the clothing, the shoe deals. He wants it all. And the one sport where I do have time for people wanting a little bit is football, because your money's not guaranteed. Your windows close so quickly. And the fact that he played out a contract year, that's pretty risky. Going across the middle. Going across the middle is a slot receiver at his size. But, I mean, in the show, I know. He, anyway, um, I liked that he requires attention, but we kind of cheer for him. I remember back in the day even even liking this guy. And I like that they use the Arizona Cardinals and not the Dallas Cowboys yeah. or, you know, any big-name team, whatever. I like that. Strong, selfish uh, I like that he, his connection with, with his family. That was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Web. I, I like Rod Tidwell. Him and the um, mentor agent yes. guy are yeah. the two best parts of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, anyways. And I like th- Ray, too. Yeah. And, and this is... Yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess the kid, too, has his moments. Uh, he, he makes this movie kind of the only thing about it this movie being sports related to me is rod tidwell so he's believable as a, a diva wideout like you mentioned jr he's also uh got some great funny one-liners he's got some great fatherly type advice like he's just a solid dude you actually really root for him you want to love him you want to you want him to get that big contract even though he's a loud mouth and a jackass <laughs> a little bit you want to like him and and uh and he does a great job. Cuba does a great job at playing this role. And I mean, I'm sure he's still living off the show me the money line every time he goes out. Anywhere. Or his lawyer is. Or his lawyer uh, is. Quote, oh, no, a quote from Cuba from that night. By God, that's made me a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's true. true. <laughs> he told us that. Yeah, we asked him. We said, because people were yelling at him, show me the money. And I'm like, we said to him at the table, like, God, you must be sick of hearing that. And he's like, you know what? It's made me a lot of money. I got to embrace it. And we're like, yeah, that's pretty Fair good. Enough. Look at it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but he Tidwell to me is the best part of this movie in terms of characters. Yes. Yeah, he was great. He was awesome. I have nothing to add. Regina King, too. Shout out to her because she's, awesome. she's fantastic. Yes. Yep. Uh, let's move on to Bob Sugar, played by Jay Moore. Uh, I don't like Jay Moore in anything anyway. Uh, <laughs> he has a very punchable face. Uh, I just don't does. like him. I just, yeah, he does. Slaps giving on uh, How I Met Your Mother. He'd be an excellent candidate for that. <laughs> uh, I just put a gross jerk. Um, he at least made me realize how greasy agents can be, Webb. Scott Boris. Yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. He's oh, just yeah. greasy. He, you know what the funny the thing about Jay Moore is? He plays the exact same character in every single thing he does. Yes. He's slimy and Weasley. Yeah. In Usually every that means he does. that's kind of how they are in real life. That's uh, so, what I mean. You're typecast. Like, I feel like him and... there was, Wasn't there a movie or a show with like, him and Bill Bellamy? Oh, yeah. And he, yeah. What was that movie? Oh, I don't remember. It was like a I would, early 2000s, late 90s. It's going to bug me because I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Go? Does that sound yeah, right? Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. Something like that. There's too yeah. many good comedians out there for me. There's to waste some like time cocaine in that movie. What's that? It was like cocaine and gambling or something. Something like that, that yeah. It was like in and around the same time as Swingers. I vaguely yeah. remember it. Anyways, terrible, terrible character. Who would uh, you rather? You need him. In this movie, yes, you, do. You, you definitely need. Who would you rather punch in the face, Jay Moore or Bryson DeChambeau? Bryson DeChambeau. DeChambeau. Yeah, I don't know. And I'd very similar. His, would you put his hat in his mouth? Yes. Oh God, it's sticking in his ass. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can't. That's where the driver is. <laughs> need that. Need that guy with the trombone on that. One. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
let's move on to Ray Boyd, played by Jonathan Lipnicki. He's an iconic character. How much money does this kid have oh. from residuals from this? Does this kid have lifestyle issues as he's gotten older? I feel like he I has. would assume. I don't even. Is he I'm in just, anything? I'm just gonna guess. I don't know. I thought I remember. I'd have to do a little bit of a deep dive on. Noah. He's an iconic character. His lines. Remember? Don't you remember kids walking around in the hallway? He, do you know the human head weighs eight pounds? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's quite possibly the cutest kid in every, any movie. Apparently, yeah, that whole is. scene was uh, ad libbed. Oh really? Uh, oh, really? The eight cool. pound thing. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, he he is a really cute kid, and I think he's, he's thirty the years old now. It. He's thirty. He's thirty. Oh, he's a grown man. Jesus, grown ass man. Yeah, um, he did great. He did a few other things. Yeah, no, it looks like he kind of got through things mostly clean here. Oh, that's good. Good for him. It looks like maybe that I'm confusing be. him with. I'm one waiting of those to see the kids. like the DUI or the you know drug charge or no. Nope, it looks like he got through it clean. Good for Atta him. Boy. Nice. Yeah. Did a few things. I don't know if he's acting now. I wonder how much he'd make a year off this movie. I figure it's on he's, TV quite yeah, a few. He's, he's still acting. He's, still on he, he's done something as uh, recent as uh, 2019. He's got something in production right now. Not a boy. You know, nice. Not huge roles or anything, but still working. Well, he's not a cute six-year-old kid anymore. True. Yeah, he be, banged out a few that's early. A, that's, a tough, that's a tough look once you, 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 you peak at that early age. I mean, if you're going to peak at a movie, you might as well a $273 million box office yeah. movie. He did do it there with Tom Cruise. After this, he did Dr. Doolittle, Stuart Little, uh, like Mike, Stuart Little 2. Yeah, I remember him in those. Yeah, good for him. Attaboy. Yeah, good on you. Nice to hear that. Um, Yeah, I like the kid. I thought he had some really cute lines. He was a cute kid, man. Super cute. He had some scenes that are just like, as you know, as we've said in other times, like you don't appreciate certain things as much until you become a parent. And you have those ones where you're just like, Ooh, it's a little dusty in here. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Someone cutting onions. Yeah. Just like the, you know, some of the cute stuff where he's like, "You said fuck." Yeah. <laughs> Don't I worry, I won't tell. I won't tell anyone. He's like whispering. He's like, "I gotta go to bed." And you just see the little head bobbing across. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> it's awesome. Um, let's move on to actually. This one is one of my favorite characters in the movie. I think she's extremely underrated. Let's move on to Laurel Boyd, played by Bonnie Hunt. She's awesome. Mike's sister. Hey oh, bing bing! Woo! Uh, great comic relief. Um, some of her lines, I think she offsets Dorothy's lack of confidence pretty well, yeah. and she's strong. And I she's really like her. Um, Very protective. Yeah, some of the things. Um, I thought she was just awesome. She provided comic relief. I thought. I'm on a serious note. I thought she used her body language and her face really well yeah. to convey messages. If you watch it really close, I thought she did a really good job of that. I mean, Monty Hunt's an excellent actress. She's a good actress. Yeah. So, job well done. Very good character in this movie, Web. Yeah, I got nothing to add. I enjoyed her for what she was. I mean, she was a secondary character who mm-hmm. had her moments of comic relief, like you said, and she also had some uh, pretty good one liners. So, yeah. You know what else she liked? And this, I, this hit home with me. I'll be quick. She made uh, Dorothy get a frosty beer glass. Yes. No, I like true. my frosty beer glass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love a frosty beer glass. Yeah, darn right. That was a great move. In the in the veteran move of when uh, the chicken goes against her, she's like, lean forward. We can salvage this. Yes. Yeah. A little veteran bit of a move. little bit. See, that scene bothers me for the pure fact that you're ordering this guy a cab and you're, you're cracking and wasting a beer. Like that to me is like. Why are you wasting a beer? Get him a glass of water. I, shove him on his way. I had that in my notes. I said, it really pisses me off in movies when they order a beer or they offer someone a beer and then the person like 
It's and it's kind of planned that they're going to leave within minutes, and they take one sip out of their beer and leave it there. Yeah, we it talked about that with major league. Major league right? mm-hmm. didn't yeah. drink his beer. I was like, oh, just finish your beer. Like, stay for the rest of the beer. Like mm-hmm. that, that that bugs me. That, and I had that in my notes. It's a good point. Yeah, and I like the scene where she's like in the house, and uh, Dorothy's supposed to get in the U-Haul and go, and she's like, no, 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 get in, get in the car. She's like t- uh, talking through the scene, like don't yeah, turn around, play, by play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that was a good scene. Um, so let's uh, jump into some other notable characters. Who stood out for you as well? That some of the other notable characters in this movie. Uh, I loved Kush. Kush. I like Jerry O'Connell and things. So he's perfectly. I love Kush. I love that he's from Odessa, Texas. Texas. Sorry, he's yeah. probably played. He was probably a Mojo QB at some point. Oh yeah. yeah. I love that. I liked Kush. Kush. Yeah. I, I liked. Uh, I liked Regina King. Got a Tidwell's wife. I don't know what her first name is. I can't remember. Marcy. Marcy. Thank you. Uh, and I really like the sports agent mentor, uh, the guy that does like the little like one liner pieces of device. I like how they w- interwove that through. And then He's great. Uh, his last one, like basically like if you come home happy every day to your wife or something like that, like I forget what the line I is. I love exactly. my wife. I love my life. Yeah. Like, and that's mm-hmm. basically your happiness. Yeah. Uh, I, so I, I really like that. I thought that was well done. So yeah, like those two guys. Yeah. Those two characters. Um, Shout out to Avery Bishop, who was played by Kelly Preston. She was hilarious. She had some funny stuff in it where she like walks by like holding up the loser sign and all. Oh that. yeah, and uh, she gave him the, the pretty good combo there. Yes, she did. I was gonna say she also gave him quite the hall pass when uh, he came back from the uh, retreat, if you will, the company retreat. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Or how about when she's uh, a little bit past that college phase? I love that when uh, <laughs> what's her name uh, Renee Zellweger's character Dorothy was saying. Oh, whoever whoever locked this guy in is one classy girl, and then in the next scene, it's like, don't stop. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> him must be classy. It, it's funny too, because uh, I mean, I know there, everyone's actors and you're working and stuff, but when you're like Tom Tom Cruise is like hard midnight in that scene with her riding him uh, naked, and apparently in real life, Cruise is pretty tight with Travolta, and well kelly preston passed away but mm-hmm. they were all pretty tight like they hung out all, all the time together because they're part of that scientology crew that must have been kind of awkward at those parties so remember jerry Maguire scene like <laughs> that's where straight business yeah <laughs> the reason we're Don't worry in, yeah, the reason we're in this i didn't have a boner i swear yeah i swear to you i was thinking of bazooka beach well, baseball. my wife's not hot oh, okay yeah baseball I, cards I, baseball cards <laughs> baseball cards <laughs> Who, who's first baseman for the Red Sox? Kevin Mitchell, left field, San Francisco Giants. <laughs> Joel Clark, Matt Williams' head. Matt Williams' bald Matt head. Matt Williams' bald <laughs> He looks like a 90-year-old man playing surfing. <laughs> Doug Drabeck's mustache. Doug Drabeck's mustache. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, let's jump into some quotes. So this movie is a quote machine. Oh, man. Tons. We could go on literally all episode, but what are some of the ones that stood out for you? Well, I'm going to leave the big ones I mean, we'll talk about those, I'm sure, at some point. Uh, I Bob Sugar, that greasy agent. We're not show friends. It's show business. Yep. yep. I thought that was a... I hated Bob Sugar, but that's a very like greasy agent quote. Um, the hockey player of Steve Remo, I played for Chicago, and he just like kept saying and <laughs> saying he didn't know anything else. I love that. Uh, what was the other one? A couple other ones. Uh, and he says he can't be alone. All the video, ladies in the video, like yeah. to me that, you know, in the movie, when you're trying to look into it a little bit more, I never noticed that back when I watched it until I watched it again, kind of years later. 
it says a lot and kind of gives me a window into the understand i think the movie a little bit more um what was the other one? Oh, i had the uh, oldest 26 year old in the world yep yeah so web those were some of the other ones i mean we can hit on the big ones i mean this you is went some on the most some, famous you quotes. went on some uh really like serious tone thank there. you yep very serious very uh, mature Thank Mat- you. Mature. There's uh, so many obvious ones that I'm like. I was gonna say the only one that I have that's kind of mature is the first one I hear. Uh, first class is the uh, problem, honey. It only it used to only be a better meal. Now it's a better life. Yeah. Um, and then uh, <laughs> nanny. I prefer child technician. <laughs> Chad that was Chad yeah, Chad the nanny. Yeah, the old pair. When Tidwell's at the the uh, the draft and the kids come up to him, are you Hootie? <laughs> That's yeah, I, that. I wrote that down. Um, and then the last one, uh, you know, a real man wouldn't shoplift the pooty. I didn't shoplift the pooty. I shoplifted the pooty. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just have one that I want to bring up, and it's uh, it's a little bit of an edgy one, but it was Marcy Tidwell had the, my favorite line in the entire movie when uh, Jerry Maguire gets the facts of the contract, and it's like really under value. Uh, and they're like, what the hell is this? Con-? Like they were getting pissed off at the contract. And Jerry goes, okay, I'll go back to them. And then Marcy goes, and say what? Please remove your dick from my ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a pretty good one. Um, so let's jump into some little known facts. So the scene in which Jerry Maguire and Ray uh, are talking in the living room for the first time was completely ad-libbed. Cameron Crowe wanted to create a genuine feel between the two and did so by not having any written dialogue for that particular scene. So they literally just let the kid kind of run with it. And that's when he when he shouted out the thing about the human head weighs eight pounds. So, and then they just kind of went back and forth. So that's, that's interesting. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Considering how young that guy was, the, yeah. lead, the boy to ad lib Great that. Great charisma for a kid like that. Absolutely. Well, and you would just like... It also goes to show you that Tom Cruise is a pretty damn good actor if he's kind of ad-libbing off of what a six-year-old or whatever Carrying old the kid level. is. Yeah. yeah. I had read this before I watched the movie again, so I, I wanted to watch that scene. And Tom Cruise's like, reaction, you can tell it's like... Pretty genuine. Pretty genuine, like caught off guard because he, he kind of has this surprised look but this huge smile. So it was just like, you could tell the kid like surprised him. That's and great. And he was just like... So just I makes for the best scenes. It did yeah. make for a very natural look. And it was, it was, it was a good call by Cameron, Cameron Crowe. So two lines from this movie, Show Me the Money and You Had Me at Hello are in the AFI's top 100 movie quotes of all time at number 25 and 52 respectfully. I mean, those are... When I told my wife we were doing this movie, she just looked at me and goes, you had me at a little. <laughs> That's a she, terrible scene. I know it's a I know it scene, is. But it's a like, really poorly written scene. But it the is. quote is iconic. Yeah, it's a stupid one, but go ahead. I agree with you, Webb. It was like, Really? That's what won you back? It's still you guys still have the same problems. Yes. Oh yeah. The only difference is he he felt alone when he was at the stadium, and he you know because now Rod's getting his thing, and his wife's getting, and everyone's happy except him. So now he's felt alone. So he went back to the well. That's yeah. all he did. Mm-hmm. And, and you're gonna, stupid enough to let him come right and back. And guess what? Two weeks later, he's going to do the same shit again. And you guys are going to do this over and over and over for the rest of your lives. Um, Tom. So Bonnie Hunt says her character is the is supposed to be written from the audience's point of view. So we're supposed to, the way Bonnie reacts to everything mm. is how we, and I, you know what? I think that's why I related to her because literally all the stuff she was saying, I was like, the reactions, I was like, yeah, this, this is not a good relationship. Don't do this. Mm-hmm. Get in the U-Haul. Don't turn back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like you're throwing away a perfectly good life and a new start for you and your child for this dummy. It's San Diego. 
insane. Pretty yeah, sweet town. Yes. Yeah, so that makes a lot of sense when I read that. So Tom Cruise admitted later that he did not remember that Bonnie Hunt was in Rain Man with him. <laughs> at first, <laughs> at, at, at first he thought she was joking when she said they'd worked together before. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh wow. He big time. <laughs> That's like Ricky Henderson saying he played baseball in Toronto with a guy who wore a helmet at first base. <laughs> I played baseball with a guy who played first base. John Olerud. That's amazing. Who's the guy you were talking about? Yeah. Unreal. Um, the story for this movie was uh, reportedly based on real-life Orange County agent Lee Steinberg, who makes a cameo in this movie as Troy Aikman's agent, which he has, uh, which he actually is in real life. So he's and he's still an act, uh, a, a working agent as well, Steinberg is. So Steinberg's ex-partner, David Dunn, tried to lure away many of Steinberg's clients, just as Jay Moore's character, Bob Sugar, does in the movie. Steinberg has re- represented over 300 athletes, including Troy Aikman, Steve Young, Patrick Mahomes, Oscar De La Hoya, and Lennox Lewis. He's re- represented uh, eight NFL number one picks, Steinberg has been at the top and has also been at the bottom over his career, including bankruptcy, alcoholism, and multiple run-ins with the law. He was secure. Uh, he has secured over three billion for his clients, and has helped distribute over seven hundred and fifty million to various char- charities and foundations, including Special Olympics and, and Black Lives Matter. So, pretty cool guy and well, interesting. That's that, quite the story. It yeah. really is. And I, I thought it was pretty interesting that he's still working at this point in time. Too. Is Troy Aikman's agent still? Yep. He's yeah, because they still money. represent those guys because he's got... Aikman would make a lot. Troy Aikman's been on TV for a long time. He's making time. more money now he's than he did. He's been on TV for 20 years. Yeah. I, I bet uh, Troy Aikman's been announcing for 20 years. Like, when did he retire? Early... Late 90s? Late 90s early 2000s? Fairly, fairly early in his career. In Rolo sense, had a whole career. Yeah. Yeah. And he's long gone. Yeah. He's a way better analyst, too. Rumble's unreal. Anyways... This was uh, this was Tom Cruise's fifth consecutive 100 million plus movie, a new record. Wow, that hasn't been broken. It's pretty good. The hit that knocks out Rod Tidwell took 29 takes and three different stuntmen to get it right. How many oh. uh, cases of CTE do these guys have? Yikes! <laughs> I don't think know if that's worth it. No, no. So Paula, Abdul- imagine being Cuba though, and just sitting there watching these guys take yeah, it like, after it. Yeah. How would you not be laughing? And then a you little jump bit. in. You're like, "Hey, I'm here." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, bud. Paula Abdul helped Cuba Gooding Jr. choreograph his touchdown dance. Really? <laughs> yeah. She. I, I went back. She was actually like, I didn't know if that was just a thing, but I. She's listed on the um, like cast and crew. That was choreographed? It would yeah. look like the icky shuffle of Deion Sanders they just and something else. Of, like, just you, ran around. you literally threw a bunch of them together. You throw in a little dirty bird and they, yeah. you would have had the them all. The only thing that was different was when yeah. he did like the tabletop break dance move or whatever it was. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that just looked like go do a goofy set touchdown celebration. Have fun with it. Yeah. Um, he even threw in a Lambo leap. Yeah, he did. So Tom Hanks was originally supposed to be the guy that was going to be Jerry Maguire, but because Cameron Crowe took so long writing the screenplay, mm-hmm. uh, by the time it was, that they were ready to produce the movie, they felt Tom Hanks was too old to play the role. He wouldn't have been believable just because he's not edgy enough. No, he's he, Tom uh, Tom Cruise or Tom Hanks is too wholesome. Do you know who I see? Yeah, seen, I, you know, I all the that. time. I get that. You know who I could have seen at the time playing the role? Nicolas Cage. I was just thinking that. 
I was literally he's a good snap Cage in my head. He looks he, he it yeah. wouldn't be that much different to me than what he does in that Family Man movie, right? With the hair slip. Yeah, down. like pretty similar. Yeah. I had Nick Cage in mind. As soon as you're saying that, I literally was I think he would have played Nick the role. Cage. And at Travolta the time, could have done it. Travolta, yeah. No. Yeah, Travolta oh, yeah. could have done it. He, no, I don't think he could. This would have been after Pulp Fiction. He could have done it. The way he was in Face Off. Yeah. I wouldn't have liked Travolta in it. Would have been awesome with like John claude Van Damme. Or Seagal. Steven Seagal. And they make him from like... Jay Moore would have been like karate chopped to the neck. I love how it's like Jean-Claude Van Damme, this guy from like Texas. You're like, ah, no. (laughs) No. Bo Bridges, uh, do you think there's some slight racism there? Oh, God, yeah. The black fella. The black fella. (laughs) He he had a hate in his eyes. Oh, wow. Um, so Cameron Crowe chose the world of sports agents as he felt it was an area that hadn't really been broached on film before. True. Also because the industry is solely dedicated to money and he was interested in seeing if such qualities like love and honor could flourish there. I think for that, the way, like we talk about some flaws in the writing and some flaws in the story, but overall the concept I thought was great. It's a good concept. It's interesting. Yeah. It's, it comes at it from a completely different angle, just like you said. And, I mean, it makes for a good, a good movie. I just, wow. And it's kind of like a microcosm of society in the sense that, you know, people, there's always this, there's always this like uh, sense of good trying to prevail, uh, but capitalism and greed always seem to kind of take over. Yeah. Prior to this movie, we knew nothing about sports agents. Nope. I didn't anyway. You guys might have. I did not. No, I had no this- idea. Pre or 96. post, but is this pre or post blue chips? I feel like it's after blue after chips. blue chips. Yeah, so I, blue chips, you get a little yeah, bit of a di- yeah, dive true. into that. That's but true. I didn't know much. Not in the same sense, but no. you, you get a little bit of a... You, you get a taste life, of it. Though? You get a no. taste of it. Yeah, you get, yeah, but you get a little bit of taste of how they're greasy. True. Yeah. Uh, so Jamie Foxx uh, was one of the finalists for the role of Rod Tidwell. Yeah, he'd be that great. makes sense. He would have been all right, yep. Yeah. Willie Beeman. Willie Beeman. Yep. Artie Lang uh, filmed a small role, but his scene was deleted. According to Lang in his memoir, Tom Cruise yelled at him for not entering his scene quickly enough. Lang uh, further discussed his displeasure at working on this movie, but praised Cameron Crowe for being nice and professional. When his scene was cut, Crowe personally called Lang to inform him. Lang later went on to praise Crowe for taking the time to call despite his schedule. Okay. Like, what the heck would the scene have been? I don't even know. Maybe he might have been like an agent or something. Yeah, I wonder. I can see him being an agent at that point. Like, I feel like he would have been in the bachelor party scene. Oh, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I wondered yeah. if he one was in like guys. when they have all the different cameos and whatever. Jerry Maguire's or whatever. Like something like that, maybe. Yeah. 10 seconds, 20 seconds. Because the guy that plays the. Um, D- uh, Doyle. The guy who's Canadian. Yeah, the redheaded guy that's yeah. like his best man in the in the bugging me his name Lo, Don, Donald Logue. Yeah, Donald Logue, I think is. Yeah, name. like I could, I feel like Artie Lang could have been in that scene, and he would have been like perfect for the. He would have been like the wild party guy in that in that uh, yeah bachelor party scene, yeah. right? Yeah. Anyways, so the movie was scored by Cameron Crowe's then wife Nancy Wilson, who was one of the members of the rock group Heart. During an appearance on BBC's The Graham Norton Show in 2012, Cuba Gooding Jr. talked about how his dad, Cuba Gooding Sr., didn't hold back on the set. Cuba introduced his dad to Tom Cruise, and his dad gave Cruise a hug and then asked, but seriously, are you gay or not? <laughs> oh. 
Because <laughs> there was those rumors going around at that time, I yeah, think. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's, uh, that's pretty blunt. Yep. So Connie Britton uh, read for the role of Dorothy Boyd, but ultimately lost out to Renee Zellweger. I like Renee Zellweger more yeah. than Connie Britton in this one. I think, I don't know, there was something about her like that she fit, she just fit it really Connie well. Britton would be too confident to me. Yeah. She exudes a certain level of confidence that... Uh, she has some moxie to her. Yeah. Sure. And Renee yeah. Zellweger did a good phys- uh, physical job of acting the role because her expressions and everything really yeah. lent to the character. She, she she comes across very naive in a lot of... Like, I just... Yeah, I don't know... It's a good way Connie, to put it. I don't know if Connie Britton kind of exudes that same kind of... That level of naivety. Yeah. No, I think Renee okay. Zellweger is perfect in the role. The role of Bob Sugar was played by Jay Moore... Jerry's unethical arch enemy was allegedly based on the real life sports agent Drew Rosenhaus, known for similar tactics. I think that's pretty spot on. Yes. So Cuba Gooding Jr. won Best uh, Academy Award for Best Actor in a Supporting Role for this movie from his, and this was his uh, only Academy Award nomination. So in this movie as well, uh, uh, Regina King, she's she's now an Oscar winner, and there's a third one too. I forget who's the third one. Um, because Cruz has never won an Academy Award, has he? Mm, Eyes wide shut. Mm, can't remember. Cameron Crowe, I think, has won an Academy Award. Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Maybe that's what the connection was. Woody Harrelson was offered the role of Jerry Maguire, and he said to producer James L. Brooks, "Nobody's going to give a shit about an agent." <laughs> Whoops, <laughs> tough one, Woody. Yeah, this one might have been a good one. Woody's doing okay though. Yeah, Woody's just fine. Um. Actual NFLers to appear in the movie include Johnny Morton, Drew Bledsoe, Rick Meyer, Kijana Carter, uh, Herman Moore, Troy Aikman, Warren Moon, Kerry Collins, and Michael Irvin. Kijana Carter was on our list last he week. He was. Last yeah. up RBs. Tom Cruise has been nominated three times for an Academy Award, never won one. Okay. He's going to get one of those. Okay. He's going to get one down the road where it's like, uh, give him one for Top Gun too. Life, he'll give him a lifetime achievement. One yeah. of those type of ones. You know? He'll get a Denzel year where they throw him one. You know. Yep. Here you go. Uh, let's jump into our realism review. What do you have is realistic and what is unrealistic? All right, some of the things I had. Um, I thought they did a really good job considering this was like the greasy world of with agency with all the product placement and the importance of, I like that, the importance of the advertising and the endorsements. I thought that was pretty real. I want this. I want that. And in the football world, I would too. I need it. I want a shoe. I want all, as much as I can get in a short window of time because my career could be over the following Sunday. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, the intensity of bargaining and the back and forth. I liked that. I thought that was pretty cool too. I thought that was pretty real. Um, some of the stuff uh, I thought the I put real fake uh, kind of like playing out your contract like I talked about. That is a gutsy, gutsy move. I don't know if you do that. I, I don't know. Betting on yourself and something like the NFL is a very tough thing to do. Um, one thing that I noticed was I feel fake. like they're always betting on themselves because there's no guaranteed there's contract. No, it's a good point, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're right. Uh, one thing I put in for fake, uh, at the vet, They when they were playing Philly at the vet, they switched to grass to turf and like back to turf or something oh, like did that. I? Did you notice yeah. that? Yeah, the, it no, kept changing. Because, I mean, the vet turf is like legendary for being concrete. <laughs> yeah. And then it was like they almost like showed a grass field or something and then back to turf. It, it didn't show the same thing all the time. Yeah. And I noticed the field had changed. Um, 
some of the other things were like the locker room scenes with your agent right beside you in the locker room right away. Yeah, it's no, happening. it's not happening. Or he's in the tunnel when the team's coming out. You're not you're not standing no. in the tunnel beside the players when they're coming out. You're up in the press box like he should have been doing what he was mm-hmm. doing. You're networking and you're working the GMs and you're working scouts. You're working assistant GMs, anybody, whoever your cat person is. That being said, this is his only client. Or your so, secretary. But you're not going to be down there. He's not going to get the I, I don't let him be there. I don't think he's going to get that access to be down no, there. No, no. You're not going to be in the locker room. No. No. The, it's not the teams, happening. There's times when they're not letting eat. They're not going to let an agent in that in that space before a game when players are charged up and ready to go. And you want, you want your right. players in their headspace. Or after, even. Yeah. Um, I thought another real thing. I liked the cameos of the people at the time. I forgot about cameos. Herman Moore. Yep. Mel yep. Kuyper. Yep. Guy's done draft. Johnny Moore. Yep. But Kerman Moore, that guy was a legit wideout. I completely forgot about him, Webb. That was a, pretty much my big thing was like in terms of realistic. I'm, I'm not going to spend a lot of time, James, so I'm going to hand it over to you here in a sec. But like the amount of cameos made it feel more authentic than it probably was as a, in terms of a sports movie. Um, and that, good on them because, you I mean, like I said, to me, I don't really consider this a sports movie, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so, yeah, it, that was the big one to me. Some of the some of the football plays that they were running looked very CFL to me. They had <laughs> the guy in well, motion, like in the slot in motion, like it was this Ben Calhoun coming across the middle for Anthony Calvillo. Calhoun, <laughs> like it just it looked that. it looked a little I'll say non NFL type play for me. You didn't think uh, Dirk Svensson looked like a real NFL quarterback? Yeah, yeah. It out there. just slinging, slinging it. it. Um, throwing it off his back foot. Yeah, <laughs> well, like, line I don't know. <laughs> step into the throws. And like the the other thing, like the like Jerry Maguire not having a, a contract with with uh, Kush's dad and like yeah. Kush, like that wouldn't happen. I no. feel like there would. Be, there's no way in hell. The other thing I don't think that's really realistic. If Jerry Maguire is killing it, like we are led to believe he is at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. They're not gonna. St- fire him for simply writing this thing i had that in my notes too uh and not only that they're not going to get his understudy to fire him they're going to have the big brass come in and friggin pull him aside and say you're done mm-hmm. it's uh, too much you get risk. a warning there'd be a warning or a that's right probation of some sort too and, and and even renee zellweger her whole thing about like leaving and being inspired and like it's just not believable to me i'm sorry if you got a kid and your kid is your life like you say he is uh, it's not responsible. You're not going to do that. There's no way in hell your sister's going to let you quit your job like no, that. No, um, I don't Fair know. Enough. It just it wasn't realistic to me. I got more, uh, more, but I, I'm not going to spend much, too much time. Jim, go ahead. No, I, I mean, I don't. You guys captured literally pretty much everything that I had talked about. One thing I had that uh, was pretty realistic was the book club women's group. Oh yeah, the mm-hmm. bitch and stitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, that was really or the wine and wine. Yeah, that was spot on. Um, and then the, the scene where uh, Dorothy and Ray are at the airport, and they're kind of having this moment, but uh, sorry, Dorothy and uh, Jerry, and then Ray's swinging off their arms. Like, that's just like classic. Anybody that has oh, kids, and oh, yeah. there's always kids jumping in and things like and that. And they're just oh, doing yeah. the one, two, three, rather, whether you're paying attention or not. Yeah. Flying with um, the kid, too. That's in, you're in one there. Yeah. The only other thing I had for me, Rod's storyline. And his character makeup as a diva receiver was really disjointed for me. And the reason I, I say that is because he's portrayed as being this brash and in-your-face guy. And, you know, 
he's constantly he's high energy he's in your face all the time but somehow when he's at at uh at the stadium or he's around the team he's just like withdrawn reserved introverted guy like it, i don't buy that you don't go from one extreme to the other uh i feel like in in the diva receivers like they're known as being these guys that are just like center of attention me 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 shut the hell up like you know what i mean like stop talking even when he's walking through at the draft there Right, yeah. and McGuire's still having to do all the intros, and that's not happening. No, he's going to be one lighting his own fires. Like, I think he's going to have a flash your season on too. I feel like that. Oh, I I paused that and I said to Sarah when I when, I was like, look at that suit that he's got on. The I pants were amazing. <laughs> you could feed a family of four underneath those pants. Like that was the most bizarre looking outfit I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just feel like that character could have been written way better. There's just so many ways they could have written that character much better. They had a lot of in 1996. They had a lot of guys they could have pulled up, oh, yeah. like yes. Michael Irvin. There's a lot of guys. We'll get, oh, in, yeah. we'll get into a few of them later, but um, yeah. So uh, that's all I had on that one. Uh, let's jump into the soundtrack. So music was composed by Nancy Wilson. She rose to fame alongside her older sister, singer Anne Wilson, as a guitarist and backup vocalist in the rock band Heart. In 2013, Wilson was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a member of Heart. What did you think of this soundtrack? Uh, best part of the movie to me was the soundtrack. I'm going to say it. I love the soundtrack. I thought it had some great tunes. It's the kind of music I like. The Free Fallen? I was yeah. singing The Free Fallen today in the car, literally. It's a pretty appropriate song for that point in time yeah. in Jerry Maguire's life. <laughs> I, 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 I really liked fallen. it. I had The Boss, I had The Who, Rolling Stones. I, like, I enjoyed You're the this. worst Bruce Springsteen's song ever written, but it, that's true. Yeah. I, it's the boss. I like the boss. Yeah, but this isn't the boss. When you oh, think of the boss, you think the E Street. Band, this is when this they is, were like. I liked it. This is when they were like, Bruce, we need you to do something soft to make a payday, and he's like, All right, made a ton yeah, of money Get the boys it. paid. We'll get like Steve Zant a new uh, drum set here and get him a roll on uh, <laughs> Max, Sopranos. Max. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I. You know what the problem I have with this soundtrack is. They don't actually let any songs play, really, right? Or they have, uh, like, perfect example. So, Kush is, when he's playing the guitar, he's playing a Kurt Cobain song, mm-hmm. yeah. right? But, like, I don't want to hear Jerry O'Connell singing. I want to hear <laughs> Kurt Cobain singing. Like, yeah. there's not enough actual music in the movie for me. Yeah. Even, like, he wakes up and he smashes the alarm. What about that's the Coltrane? Uh... That's ACDC, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, like, that's ACDC, and mm-hmm. we don't actually get to hear it. Right, True. because he just sm- I'm like this is I don't know I just but do you think Tom Cruise is gonna let a band override his acting? Of course not. No, no. But no, like I, I like this I but, like the soundtrack. But Tom Cruise is just a mere actor in the movie. The person in charge of actually telling the story is the director, right, and the and the producer to a certain extent. And so like I think they needed to. Who's in charge in this movie? Cameron Crowe. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is in supposed to be. Movie. Cameron Crowe supposed to be. He's, he's supposed big name to be, but Tom I'm just Cruise saying, is like, in charge of this movie. It's one of those things where, like, I'm bringing think, some BD. I think, there the was, I think there was some missed opportunities. Yeah. Um, I agree. Even, like, the montage of, like, the Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh, kind of games, right? Where yep. it's, like, week after week. Like, there was some missed opportunities there to, like, really highlight some of the And the fact that they keep kept going back to that terrible secret garden. Like, it was yeah. just... And I love you guys know how much I love Bruce, but like seriously, it's it's terrible. It's a it's his worst song. I agree with you on that. Um, let's jump into our wrap up. Where does this movie rank among all? Uh, I'll just say all time sports movies because I don't know. I don't know what to, where to put it in a fringe. This 
the all-time sports movies for me, it is outside my t- maybe between 85 to 100. Yeah. I'm leaving this in 96 and never watching it again. I didn't I don't like this movie. Did Sorry, JR not say he liked this movie before we did this? I think he did. I did, and then I watched yeah. it again, and I do not like it. Yeah, it changed for you. 96, it stays back there. Under, under the, back on the shelf. I didn't under like the it. microscope, it changed for you. As I got older, I just, I did. I told you guys that. And as I got older, I just watched it again. I was like, no way. So, I'm leaving it. My brother had the same opinion that as you, that Space Jam is not an actual sports movie. And I was like, how the hell is this movie a sports movie? This is a rom-com date night movie. Uh, and doesn't even shouldn't even be discussed on this podcast. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> so it doesn't get it. It doesn't even get a rewatch to me. There's no actual athleticism involved in this particular. You put it movie. back in your VHS box and put it it's back. Ne- in the it's back going back corner. to beta. If I, could, to if I could send it back to beta, I would. Yeah, uh, it's never getting a rewatch again. Nope. It's a good. It's a good movie. If you're, you know what this movie is. This movie is the Notebook. Before the Notebook, this is the one you would watch with the wife or girlfriend before the Notebook was notebook's available. A good movie. Yeah, Notebook's all right. Yeah. Dear what God. do you want? <laughs> what do you want? I love that scene. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the I've estrogen level of this podcast just just skyrocketed. I, I might have it somewhere like eighty six. I don't know. I don't. I don't. It's not my top fifty. Um, no. A couple things I wanted to mention uh, that I forgot before. When the team doctors are clapping in his face. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Wake up. I forgot. I had a note on that. And I literally I, forgot. I've, I've had to be, like, woken up after concussions and uh, getting knocked out and stuff. That's not what they do. And they are not going to let you just pop up and play and do whatever. And celebrate like, and run around. Yeah. They're going to they're gonna be like, no. We're... First of all, if he's out cold like that, he's going out on a neck board. Even if he comes 100%. to, even if he comes to, they're taking precaution. That's yes. not happening. Even in the nineties, yeah. Even in the nineties, um, one. And then the other thing I had to, I just wanted to mention was, uh, I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but Jerry had a sick NBA Jam Extreme Arcade game in his office in the corner. I could, you could just see, see it that. in the one where they pan his ah, office. No, I don't. I didn't see it. And I love it. NBA Jam's like one of my all-time classic favorite games of all Absolutely. time. So I, I was pretty pumped to see that. So let's jump into our draft this week because we're in line with Rod Tidwell, prima donna receiver. We're going to do the biggest prima donna or diva receivers of all time. So biggest prima donna or diva receivers of all time. Jamie, you got first pick? I got first pick. I mean, how do you not go with this guy? I mean, actually, there's a couple guys you could go with, but I'm going to go with the one guy who's he's done something pretty recently. Uh, he's done everything from riding a bull, trying out for an MLS soccer team, racing a thoroughbred, <laughs> dancing with the stars, and most recently boxing. While his antics were bizarre and hilarious, his on-field performance was electric. Six-time pro bowler, two-time first-team all-pro, this wide receiver wrapped up over 11,000 yards, receiving yards and 67 touchdowns. We're we'll talking about Chad Ocho Cinco Johnson. I don't even know if he goes by which last name he's going he's by also, these days. He's also the main guy for BR betting. Yeah, there you go. Oh, report betting. Yeah, I, I don't lost know a ton of money on the by. McGregor fight. Yep. Oh, I don't know which one he's going by these days. He might be back to Johnson. <clears> I think he's Ocho. I think he's just Ocho Cinco. Is he? Okay. Okay. Who's yeah. second pick on this one? Uh, I had first last week, so you take second. I'll take second. Okay, lots to pick from. Obviously, uh, I have to go. Oh boy, I'm going to go with this guy. Um, as a Raider fan, I don't have a lot of time for him. He did win a Super Bowl this past year. 
Pittsburgh Steelers, um, excellent receiver. There's no question. Good hands, runs gritty routes, um, runs good routes too, for that matter. Screwed um, Raiders hard. He did. He with his this should have got the right helmet. He went into the chirogenic thing without putting on gloves and shoes and hat and uh, sorry mitts and shoes, and he hurt his feet allegedly really bad. Um, none other than Antonio Brown. Get him a helmet from 1982. Go get him. Uh, Haywood Jeffries from the Houston Oilers helmet or whatever helmet he wore or something. Antonio Brown, to me, is probably one of the biggest divas of What did time. he screw himself out of? $60 million or something if he'd waited one day to shut his mouth? Yes. Yep. It was something like that, right? $60 yeah, million? he couldn't yep. be quiet. Yeah. And then Tampa took him and he couldn't be quiet. Or sorry, New England took him and couldn't be quiet. Like He, he needed to wait one quiet. day and then he was past that period where there That's was right. like a grace period or something. And he couldn't. Ugh. I can't believe this fell to me. This... I, like, how do you not go with, that's my quarterback, <laughs> doing sit-ups and workouts in his driveway, uh, doing the praise on the, the Dallas Star, getting the Sharpie out, get your popcorn ready. We're going with Terrell Owens, baby. T.O., my boy. Love T.O. It's a former Bill. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, he was supposed to be the heir apparent to Jerry Rice, I'm just saying. Okay, so... Uh, Second pick, I'm going straight cash, homie. Nice. Uh, and I mean, the the crazy thing about this guy is he is one hell of an analyst. He's great. He's really, really good on ESPN. Uh, same with the, another guy that's probably going to get picked on our list, another fantastic wideout. But I'm going with Moss, Randy Moss. Oh, How do you course, not yeah. go with Randy Moss? Because yeah. his quote, everybody knows Viking football knows 8-4 don't stretch before the games. <laughs> yeah. Like, this guy's awesome. Straight cash, homie. Uh, okay, um, here we go. Let's go with... Oh, there's so many. Uh, I'm going to go with somebody who had a, bo- a book called Just Throw Me the Damn Ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go with Keyshawn. He Absolutely played for not. USC, New York Jets. Throw me the damn ball. You don't get any more prima donna in his heyday than Keyshawn Johnson. He was good wide out. And a fantastic analyst. He's a yeah. good analyst. He is. Really, really good. I'm going to go a little down the... A little off the board here. Um, I'm going to go with this uber-talented wideout who once declared himself the greatest wide receiver ever to set foot in an NFL field. Although a great player, he was never in that category. He often described himself as misunderstood when opponents called him cocky and arrogant. From slap fights with Deion Sanders to using a fake name after throwing a guy through a window to his girlfriend Lisa Lefty Lopez from TLC burning down his house. Safe to say that Andre Bad Moon Rising is just is not just misunderstood. No, <laughs> Toronto Argonaut. Yeah, former Toronto Argonaut. That's right. Fantastic pick. Good one. You're back up. I'm Jerry. back up. Okay. Oh, oh I got to go with this guy. I can't believe this guy fell this far down too. Um, his career took off like a uh, like he was shot out of a cannon. Named NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year in 2014 after being named a Pro Bowl in all of his first three seasons. He was on his way to becoming one of the best of all time. Unfortunately, as fast as his feet were, his mouth was even faster. From punching holes and visiting teams' locker rooms, beating up a kicking net and then proposing to it, or handing out wads of cash to LSU players on national television after they just won the national championship, violating NCAA rules, and then being tossed by security after making a scene and slapping cops on the ass. He always seems to find ways to make everything about himself. I'm going Odell Beckham Jr., JR loves him. Oh, any team he goes to just goes in the center. Yeah. Yep. You're making the Cleveland Browns worse than they already are. <laughs> yeah. And then he leaves and they go to the conference final and they lose to like KC on a bad call. Amazing. They yeah. would have won on that call. Amazing. Uh, or semi-final, whatever. Um, okay. 
So my last pick, again, there's many to choose from. Oh, boy. I'm going to leave this guy off. I'm going to make an honorable mention. I'm going to go off the board a little bit on this one, too. Well, we'll probably remember him once I say. So I'm going to go with a guy who literally hid a cell phone in the goalpost for this New Orleans Saints. Joe Horn planted a cell phone yep. into the goalpost pad. He sure did. Waited for a long bomb touchdown. Then proceeded to pick up the cell phone from the goalpost and pretend he was on a call. Joe Horn was a prima donna, guys. Oh, yeah. A forgotten about prima donna, under but the that radar, guy yeah. was a legit prima donna wideout. Totally under the radar. Oh, I mean, it's a good pick. There's lots out there. There's a lot. I don't know. Uh, there's one that I should have taken, but I didn't. I know. You know what? I'm going to leave this one because, again, it's an, an easy one. I'm going to go with. Uh, just for the pure fact that I hated him when he played for the Giants. I hated him because they beat the Niners. He was stupid enough to shoot himself in the leg. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I don't know if that's diva worthy or just plain stupidity. I'm, uh, but he was a hell of a player. Uh, and stealer, too. He was, a, he was a great stealer. I was just going to say, I think he was a better stealer than he was a Giant, to be quite <laughs> honest. Uh, I'm going with Plaxico. Pasco Burris, my my third pick. Shot himself in the leg. like. I don't. I don't even know what else to say. That's what a moron. Pick. Oh great my pick. gosh. Oh, honorable mention. I got Michael Irvin. I was gonna say oh, you yeah. got to throw. The He's view. so annoying. I didn't even want him and Odell. I didn't even want to give them anything because they're so annoying. Yeah. Michael Irvin drives me nuts. Honorable mention because I he he's not technically a wideout, but there's no prima donna more so than than prime time. Like, did you yeah. see? The, did you see the latest video that he walked out on the guy who wouldn't call him coach, who yeah. called him Dion in the interview? That's amazing. Yeah, I'll, I also had honorable mention for Deshaun Jackson. Yes, yes. Like, I also think Deshaun Jackson two balls before he gets like unforced fumbles by just dropping the balls or whatever, putting them down or whatever before he even gets to the goal line. Happened twice in mm-hmm. key games. But I also think in a lot of ways lately he's gotten a little bit of a bad rap. Ooh. He's a good I, – I don't know what kind of a teammate he is. I suspect Did you not hear that what happened in the last year? Oh, no. He had this, He had a series of anti-Semitic posts that oh, were like praising okay. like Hitler. Never mind. Oh, boy. <laughs> Never mind. I take it back. <laughs> yeah. I had another one too. It's a tough one. That's on our – <laughs> Remember Brandon Marshall on Denver? Oh, he dropped the God. ball on purpose. If he didn't like it, he'd just yeah. bat the ball down. And you're like, holy cow. Yeah, he was I don't even like He was Broncos. really good with the Bears, though. He was very good, but yeah. I didn't even like the Broncos, obviously. But he still watched it. I think it, like, I read he had like, bipolar disorder or something. I think so, too. Okay. Yeah, I think there's something in, something. He had. Your boy Cole Beasley is making his way oh, up on that God. list. I don't even. Dez. I don't even want to give oh, him the air. I forgot Dez. Dez Bryant. He needed a babysitter. I, st- I don't think I st- Steve still Smith. forgot a full story about why they dropped him. And he had like 900 yards receiving, and they were like, get. Who, Dez? The, the, the Cowboys. And he was only like 28 at the time. I think it was, like it was too much. I think yeah. it was contract related too, and wasn't who it? Who did they add somebody? And nobody wanted up. to touch him. I can't remember. They had kind of a Cowboy fan. And they were like, oh, we had whoever. And I'm like, what? To go 10 and 6 and lose the first round again? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Sorry, mm-hmm. Cowboy fans. Oh, on that note. Thanks, everybody, for uh, listening and engaging with us on social. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. And please continue to engage with us on Twitter at Big League Flicks and on Instagram at Big League Flicks Pod. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube. And you can uh, check out good old JR and Brucey on uh, TikTok every once in a while. There you go. Take care, everybody. Have a great one. Big League Flicks, Jordan, Christian, and Jammer.
talking movies about sports and the good say and the glamour. Got a cold beer pairing for the leading lady staring. Fun facts and trivia and man rocket comparing. Soundtracks and music, they'll rate all these things. Was it real or did they lose us as the fat lady sings? Talking junk, have a giggle, comedy, drama, romance. Did the film deliver six to noon in my pants? With their big bag of tricks, these podcast critics. Jordan Christian and Jammer with big league flicks. Jordan Christian and Jammer with big league flicks. Jordan Christian and Jammer!